Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck. Well, that wasn't very good. I'm Robert Evans, host of the podcast you're listening to and ashamed of, probably, because I that was Jesus Christ. Garrison, come in here. Did, no, I refuse. Save this. Fix I this. Refuse to Fix participate. this. Nope. Fix this, Garrison. <laughs> um, this is It Could Happen Here, a podcast about the fact that the world is falling apart, uh, as embodied by me falling apart when I try to introduce the show. See, I tied it in. Yeah, good job. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. It's well, poetry. Garrison, it rhymes. It is. It is. It has to rhyme. It's like it's like the Star Wars movies. That's what I was um, doing, yeah. <laughs> our guest today is Melissa Asadera, uh, founder and director of Polo's Pantry, a mutual aid food distribution project uh, in Los Angeles, California. Melissa, thank you for coming on and talking to us. Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. A pleasure to be here. I apologize for the introduction, but I honestly, it's better. It was I, better than I usually do. Sophie can back that up. Yes. Okay. So I'm an LA native and um, I've been doing community organizing for probably like close to a decade, uh, doing a lot of community work for a long time. And a few years before the pandemic, actually, I started to organize with a lot of um, grassroots organizations in LA, working with a lot of houseless folks um, all over LA, and kind of clocked pretty early that a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of groups were burning through their budgets, spending it on food. 
And mm-hmm. so since I worked in kind of the, the food industry, I started to kind of poke around and figure out that we could get a lot of these things donated to us. Um, and pretty much started building a roster, like building kind of like a Rolodex of um, other organizations, nonprofits, um, food banks that we could rely on. So almost kind of created sort of like an alternate system um, for these groups uh, who are working with houseless folks to get food every week. Um, I just wanted to figure out a way to make a steady and reliable system so that our unhoused neighbors would get food and that organizers across LA wouldn't have to worry about it. And so that's pretty much how Polo started. Officially, it started in 2018. Uh, I was organizing with a group called K-Town for All and uh, they do a lot of political advocacy and mostly rooted in like um, kind of, you know, human rights for our houseless neighbors. If you don't know K-Town for All, look them up. They're awesome. Follow them. Fantastic yes, organization. Please. Yeah. And, you know, I actually was, because I was already doing a lot of mutual aid work in Skid Row around that time and really kind of felt at some point um, that, you know, like, I, yes, it was great that I was going out there with teams, getting hot meals out and hot beverages, whatever people needed to people but I just was so down on what on the conditions seeing all the conditions that they were living in and I just wanted to meet other activists and other folks um, who could really figure out how you connect people to services and and just really you know anyone working in policy that's that's really changing things for people out there and so I, I wanted to take sort of my advocacy and like my work a step further and connect it with activists all around it. so that's sort of like my, my org is really rooted in a lot of activism and organizing. So I see I see a lot of, I'm not sort of your standard kind of org or nonprofit. I really see things in the lens of an or- as a community organizer. And so that's why our, um, our work just pretty much exploded during COVID. So. I'm kind of interested for, for starters, because you, you're, you know, th- this is um, a mutual aid project as opposed to kind of a charity yeah. project. And what do, you, yeah. what do you see as being the dividing line there? Yeah, well, for, you know, for a lot of, for us, you know, it's very easy for, for folks to kind of see the work that we do as part of the kind of the charitable food system, because obviously mm-hmm. we're, you know, um, mutual aid. It's the difference really is that obviously, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a reciprocity between the two of you, um, between, between neighborhoods, between individuals, between organizations of sharing resources with each other. Um, and charitable obviously is like, there's only one way, right? There's only like one person giving, but for us, um, the way we picked our partners I mean, we are we already part of this nucleus of kind of a coalition of orgs doing this work. And so it was just really very easy for us to kind of share resources with each other. So I was doing food and some folks were doing hygiene kits, other folks were doing tents, other folks were doing tarps or whatever. And so there was so much, you know, kind of mutual aid and activity going on. And so that that's why we're, we're really kind of rooted in that. Um, and that thinking as far as like as, as opposed to charitable orgs that basically just set up somewhere and give you know give give stuff out to people 
And so we have, like in, in, part, in part of my advisory circle are a lot of houseless neighbors, um, houseless leaders um, in our community. Um, I also take a lot of advice from um, indigenous organizers, um, black community leaders in different neighborhoods that we work in. So our work is really informed by the community. And so we basically ask folks, hey, you know, like what can we do? Um, and plug into to work that um, that already exists in those in those areas. I hope I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but that's kind of how I feel about what we do. And and, and as an as an organizer, because I think we get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting mutual aid projects in their own areas. Uh -huh. And one of the questions we often have is like, well, how do I how do I do that? I right. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I'm interested in like it, 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 like if you could kind of walk us through the steps when when Polo's Pantry got started, like what is what was the kind of order of operations that you had to go through to get this this up and running? I think the first thing to do is really to for me, it was already kind of being part of grassroots um, org. So I was part of a few of them. Um, and so it, it's really important to to, um, to kind of identify the needs of a community first um, before setting up your org. So I feel like I already had an idea of, you know, of, of what certain orgs needed, um, which areas, how many. And so kind of identifying the needs first is kind of um, number one. And, and, and to do that, you really have to connect with grassroots organizations, local ones in your area. So, you know, I recommend really just kind of doing research. There's always folks doing that kind of stuff all over. If you're into political advocacy, there's folks that do that. If there are folks who are more food justice oriented, like I, I would recommend going to a local food bank or soup kitchens too have also, like I've been doing that for years and I've met a lot of people um, with kind of similar values as mine. Um, so just kind of, Pretty much identify one what you'd like to do, what you're good at, um, and then essentially research, um, you know, kind of opportunities to, to tap into a local org doing that work, and then essentially start organizing with them. Right? I don't I don't recommend to build like to build an org prior to, to not having this kind of knowledge because I feel like it's really crucial to sort of kind of map out first what the community needs instead of you building mutual aid organization based on, you know, whatever. Cause I feel like it's, it's important to work through things from the ground up. Um, that way you feel like the work is impactful. That way the, the community is leading and informing your work. And so that's, that's kind of like how I, I approach mine. So look for a local org. So kind of sit in organizing for a little bit. And then from there, once you, once you guys identify what it is um, and start to kind of have an idea of, of the demand or the need in that area, then start to reach out to say, for me, for, for food, a lot of local, um, uh, local chains will, will, will pretty much, if you, if you tell them what you're doing, um, a lot of them will support you. So I actually have, I started with just going literally to my local Ralphs and telling the manager there like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm starting this org. I, you know, I wasn't- Ralph's being a local grocery store in like yes. Los Angeles area. Yes, yeah, sorry. sorry. A lot of, I, I didn't know what Ralph's was before I moved to LA. So I just wanted to be like, she's not just like rolling over to her buddy Ralph's house. And be like, you guys, you got some food? 
<laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, so that Ralph's out here in LA. So, Kroger, um, most places. Yeah, yeah it's Kroger, more or less Safeway. Kroger. Yeah. Yeah. I will warn folks that not everyone is down for that kind of stuff, but you mm-hmm. somehow you'll you'll really end up on one that's really, you know, that is really um kind. I think most folks have to realize that it this 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 kind of work is not it doesn't happen overnight. Like building like building a you know like a, a reliable network of people to donate to you is is takes time so but i think if if you hit kind of larger chains you you will get um you know you'll 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 get a, you'll start to get a steady supply from them Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have any kind of advice for um, when you're actually approaching 
you know, manager at a Ralph's or something, somebody at, yeah. like who works for like what do you have like, I don't know, not like a script, but kind of a rough guide to like, here's how I try to start these conversations. Here's some ways I try to phrase for things because that could be useful for folks. You know, I actually have like a form letter so that I could share later. Maybe you can share. Oh, it to yeah, you. that would be great. Yes. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that they can use to, um, you know, if they're if they're going to um, solicit folks with that stuff. And, and I think a lot of mutual aid organizations do have that kind of um, kind of literature, that kind of form. So um, I think just basically kind of letting them know who you are, who you're serving, um, how often, which demographic is going to, that's usually really important. Um, what, what helped me though, was I, I was, um, as I started to get more serious about, about doing the food work, I connected to, you know, some, some community partners and I actually, um, turned polos into a fiscally sponsored org. So we moved from being just fully grassroots to being fiscally sponsored. That basically means we're operating under the, 501c3 number of, of another organization of a larger organization so that that was that opened so so many opportunities for us it really allowed us to be able to access larger amounts of food and really help out a lot of a lot of um a lot of smaller orgs that needed to get their food programs off the ground and so um that is something i recommend if you're if people are serious about it to, to find a community a community partner who who is an established 501c3 that they trust um, to see if they if they you know if they can sign on to to be a fiscal sponsor um, that I think is one of the quickest ways to be able to um, to really kind of establish yourself as, as as far as getting larger amounts of food then and by that I mean getting pallets of food not just cases but literally pallets of food deliver to wherever you are. As soon as we did that, that completely changed the game. Um, and and I think I did that because I knew I had so many friends who were doing mutual aid that needed so, you know, just so much stuff from, you know, from groceries to, um, you know, fresh produce. And it wasn't, and it wasn't, you know, it didn't stop in food. We, we were getting, you know, hand sanitizer. We were getting tents. We were getting all sorts of stuff, you know, and so, um, so yeah, I, that's what I recommend for folks who are serious about food is to really, again, start to build a relationship with local businesses, um, uh, that they, that they like food businesses and really telling people, this is what I'm doing. If you're, if you know, if you're, if you're, um, you know, if you are willing to support us, you know, like this is, um, you know, these are, these are the days that we need food or whatever, or these are the times that we'll need food. And just let them know that you know you're you're happy to like pick it up, uh, or that you're happy to because uh, there's there's I think at least for California we're um, we're starting to change law like policy and law behind food waste, and so I think um, something's going to change in January of 2022 where a lot of food waste is basically going to decrease because it's going to be much more difficult the city is going to make it much more difficult for um for businesses to just get rid of stuff um they're they're really pushing them to uh um to separate them but anyway regardless you're helping the business really um move you know move food waste and and most of them and a lot of employees too that i've talked to um just you know just are heartbroken every time they have to clear out you know a full 
full tray or just trays and trays of of of, of you know of, of perfectly fine food. So yeah, there's there's a video going viral on Twitter right now of uh of like someone working at Dunkin' Donuts and just like dumping just like yes. hundreds and hundreds yes. of donuts into the garbage. Yep. And that and that happens that happens every single day. You know, I have I have friends who used to work at Whole Foods and they would tell me just just how heartbreaking it was, just the amount, the, just the massive amount of food that's being wasted out there. Yeah, it's evil. It's it's it's, it's evil. It's, it's 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 a thing that in the more difficult days ahead, as you know, things like well, like wheat under in a lot of areas, like ha- the crop was half of what it normally is this year. That's going to continue. One day we will look at videos of Dunkin' Donuts like, <laughs> dropping an entire day's worth of donuts into the trash and use it as a pretext to bring executives to trial. And <laughs> it's going to be like, like, a, like a war crime. Um, yeah, no, it really is. I mean, I mean, honestly though, as someone in food, um, um, you know, like the food system is changing massively yeah. in so many ways. I feel like the one kind of good thing that happened in the pandemic is that lawmakers were able to identify that the, the way snap or, or um, CalFresh, I mean, pretty much food stamps were, yeah. were, not enough really to um you know to feed families and feed people it's not nearly enough though but at least it kind of pushes the needle to where we need where we need it to go um and i i think i think having having been so focused and so like in the center of mutual aid work in la i'm able to kind of broadly tell you know tell um really tell lawmakers to that hey, you know, there, there's so much, um, there's so much need out there, but the community themselves have built alternate food systems to be able to, yeah. you know, to, to, for, to care for themselves. I feel like my hope really is to be able to to kind of hyper localize our food systems. That way, neighborhoods and really like communities are are essentially dictating their own, you know, their own needs. They're they're basically bringing in the resources that they want. They're bringing in the, the kind of food that they want, you know, and um, and really just working towards real kind of food sovereignty where people are, are able to, you know, to, to get the resources themselves. And and for me, I feel like mutual aid scares a lot of people because, again, it really is the sort of like um, the reason why we were able to a lot of communities were able to to survive COVID. You know, we're still doing it. And yeah, we still are. Yeah, we still are. We're so deep in it, and and even like I try to tell students too, and like, you know, um, mutual aid isn't just food or whatever. It's also like, say, your dad has a pickup truck, and your neighbor needs to move, I don't know, their dining room table across town. Like that is a form of mutual aid. Um, or like, there's there's so many things that especially a lot of immigrant communities that I, that I work with this, this form of care, community care, you know, has existed forever. And it's just somehow elevated itself during the pandemic, because as we know, the safety net just wasn't enough. It, it didn't, it didn't, it really didn't help, you know, it didn't really help a lot of communities. And so this system essentially kept people afloat. And now we're trying to figure out how to really create better ways to sustain it and to really create better ways to get the resources 
directly to communities that need them. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm working with other folks, trying to figure out how to, how to keep this sustainable and really have more agency over what kind of food and what kind of aid you want. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How have people that have been needing to access mutual aid in the food, how have they been learning about your organization? Um, I think, honestly, all this stuff really happened by word of mouth. I think because I was... I was already part of this huge coalition um, that's part of, of the Sophie Knows at K-Town for All. There's a group called Street Watch. There's a group called Brown Game. There's a group called, like, there's, there's all these different folks that basically are in our wide coalition. I haven't had to really advertise much. Like, people just sort of, like, 
just kept telling others like, hey, you know, like Melissa Polos and her team were doing this. And um, also as a COVID response, I created another um, um, uh, like COVID initiative called Homemade Made Meals. And, and that is in partnership with another organization called EX. And so as of today, I think we're close to 75,000 meals. Wow. Um, that's all community led. Yes. So we, so we, since March of 2020, um, we essentially created a system where we, uh, we work with people who are, who are cooking homemade meals in their homes and connecting them to drivers. And so we have about six different um, org partners. So one of them is obviously it's the same people, K-Town, Streetwatch, Covenant House. They work a lot with homeless youth, um, LA Can, they're in Skid Row, um, and a bunch of other mutual aid groups in different areas of LA. So I I recognize um, at the beginning of COVID, a lot of my houseless neighbors were telling us that they were scared, like, because a lot of a lot of businesses were closing, a lot of corner stores, restaurants, um, the, the, the the food access completely shut off for them during the the beginning, and I started to freak out. I was like, "How are we going to get food to people?" And so, um, some friends who run um, basically who run kind of like a youth uh, kind of youth focused org. Um, wanted to activate their, you know, activate their community. They're like, hey, how can we help? What can we do? And so we created this program basically that, you know, figured out like, okay, well, a lot of people want to volunteer, but they can't leave home. So why don't they cook meals at home? And then we'll just pair them with drivers who can pick it up safely. And so we just started doing that. We created this system to, and, and I think, we honestly, I thought we were just going to do it for two months, but now we're what, like 19 months later, mm-hmm. 70. Oh, geez. 75,000 wow. meals, over a thousand volunteers. Like it's been wild. Actually, Jamie, uh, friend of, Loftus, friend of Jamie Loftus, friend, Fr- of yeah. friend, of the sh- friend of the pod and a yes, hot dog yes. expert. She'd be angry if we didn't state that. <laughs> so Jamie, um, Jamie actually is, um, is one of our OG, like, like cooks, like she started with home and made meals from the very beginning. Um, she's kind of one of our, um, that's kind of how we know her. Um, it's cause she found, she found that program. Um, and it's been wild. It's been, it's been so amazing to, to really activate so many people across LA to cook for our houseless neighbors. And so I haven't even fully digested. Our, our team hasn't even fully digested the, the real impact of that, but it's been 75,000 meals um, made by the community for our, for our houses neighbors. So, so, so that's, yeah. So that, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, and I truly believe there's just so much, just so much power in, in the people and really trying to figure out ways to continue to, you know, to create, um, better systems where where we can redirect those resources you know um totally. to, us. <laughs> to us and um you know like really kind of break down these systems where you know because because even people were telling me like folks who are like you know these sort of big institutions food institutions who've been around for decades or even folks um from like yeah from like 
running food dogs since the 80s were like you know how are you able to move so fast i'm like that's mutual aid that's like that's mutual aid the, the our ability to not have to run through so much bureaucratic crap and red tape is a reason why we were able to, to you know to 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 create such huge impact because people believed in what we did and, you know, and helped support us, funded us. Um, and we essentially just, you know, just hit the ground running. We were able to figure out what people needed on the ground and just, just got it to them. That's that's it, you know, and we'll figure out if, if we don't have it, we're going to keep, you know, we'll ask around for folks who have it. Like, um, there's a group called Sila. They're in Silver Lake, um, and my friend Kat, who's one of the co-founders, she they also work with with um, with houseless folks, and they do uh, incredible work, to, like you know, providing showers, providing hot meals, providing um, wraparound services for folks. Um, she she was great at getting hygiene kits, and so that's that was our mutual will between each other. Like she needed hot meals, so I gave that to her on Saturdays. And then I needed like hygiene kits. And so. And, and that's kind of like the basis of mutual aid. Is, is yeah, exactly. Like I literally will give her 200 meals. She'll give me 200 hygiene kits. And that was like that throughout the pandemic. Like we just would share resources and people thought we were this huge org, but essentially it was just, you know, literally like my friends and I talking to each other, like, Hey, what do you have today? What do you have coming in today? And we just re- essentially kind of built this sort of cloud, like, sort of inventory right so it's like polos has a thousand meals and like sila's got 500 hygiene kits and like you know street watch has like 50 tents and like 100 tarps so it's like we all were like hey you know there's there's a houseless man on the corner of like sunset or whatever that needs like blah 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 and so we essentially just you know just grab and go like polos has meals and like street watch has tents like K-Town's got like the tarps. So we all just, again, beautifully just sort of started to like build this sort of sort of cloud-like inventory of, of stuff and it just worked and it's still working. So, um, and it's consistent, like is what, what yes. you were bringing up or at the beginning is talking about how consistent you've able to, you've able to have done this work, which is yeah. if you're an LA resident, you know that, you know, the city's support is never consistent. <laughs> so, so having that consistency is so vital. Yes. And yes. impressive. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, thank you. No, I, it's, it's a lot of hard work. There's so much that people don't see. Obviously, there's so many, so many things that people don't see. There's a lot of organizing behind it. There's literally a lot of community building. A lot of meetings. Yeah. I think, the, like the, again, like the bulk of mutual aid is relationships and trust you know like that that's that's really it that's how you breathe life into your system and it's like you know you have to you have you have to continue to like nourish your relationships you know between yourself and other organizers between yourself if you're running an org between yourself and another org um and and really that's how we've been able to you know to to reach so many people is because we focus on making sure that, you know, um, it's so easy to, to burn out in this work. But again, we also have to make sure that we take care of each other. Um, and we, we focus on making sure that we're, we're checking on each other too. And so I, 
you know, it's it's hard to fully explain what how, how to even teach that, you know, how to how to yeah how to, how to properly build relationships. But but I feel like that's that's such a key part of creating a really robust mutual aid network. Um, and that's at least the experience that we had, you know, yeah. Bolos. Yeah, the, the the work that you've done and what you've been able to accomplish is very impressive yeah, it's huge. and is is something that pe- a lot of people can aspire to. Um is there any like resources online that you can point to if someone's wanting to get into this type of work um or any any yeah, like any kind of like uh it, it advice to get started in your own city or to like look for stuff that's doing the similar that that's like that's doing a similar thing. Um uh wow let's see who has um gosh that's a really 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 good question um well well first i hope that people have read mutual aid by dean spade um sure that's a really good book um and and from there i would read I would read the Black Panther social programs. Yeah. Um, I, I get a lot of I get a lot of my um my inspiration from there. Um and really that's that's really those those two things to kind of start as are sort of like your um your primers. Um and then if you want to kind of get deeper into food justice, um uh there's a really good book I read years ago. It's almost. It's, I think it's literally called Food Justice 101. Um, okay. <laughs> let me see. <laughs> it's literally called yeah. It's literally called Food Justice 101. Yeah. There's there's quite a few, but but one that's one, and then there's another. There's a one book um, I read called More Than Just Food, um, and then it's uh, it's written by. Yeah, I'll give you guys my top five, and that really kind of helps sort of. Um, like shape my thinking on food justice. So it's it's written by a guy named Garrett Broad, and he essentially like kind of lays out sort of how the industrial food system kind of created this huge crisis that we're in, and you know like how there's you know, there's really kind of an abundance of food everywhere, but yeah. you know obviously it's just not getting distributed. Yes, exactly. And so, and 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 it also kind of lays out how food justice you know activists um, who are in mostly low income communities of color help really build community based kind of solutions to these problems and so that's really kind of where my thinking and my my lens comes from is because i am a child of la i'm able to understand what different neighborhoods need um, based on because i either grew up there worked there have family there, you know, went to school there, or just have friends or other organizers who live there. And so say if, you know, I, I didn't grow up in Boyle Heights, but I have friends who did. And so like, if I'm trying to build out a food program or a mutual aid program in Boyle Heights, I'm not going to just walk in there and be like, all right, we're going to do it at, you know. Yeah. You're not going to take over their, their, their thing. Exactly. But I think that's one thing I think I, I really want to to, for people to really, especially for for um, for young people who want to get to food justice, is like you really have to really honestly do your research first and let yeah. media leaders lead, um, lead lead your program with you, right? Well, and and ahead, there's sir. a difference between like making community connections and then trying to like take over, right? Yes. You know, it's, <laughs> there's a very very two very different things. Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be extractive, right? You don't want to be extractive. You don't want to be coming in and you know and 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 really like 
you know, try to like show up with like, you know, solutions where they're, they weren't informed at all by the community. And I, I keep trying to stress that. Yeah. Is, is there anywhere that people can support or at least follow you online to keep up with the work? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I'm very active on Twitter. Um, it's, uh, we're at Polo's Pantry. So it's P-O-L-O-S, um, P-A-N-T-R-Y. And then I'm also uh, tweeting as myself as an organizer. It's under M-E, Smelly Music. So it's M-E-L-L-E Music. Um, and that actually, that handle for me everywhere, <clears throat> like my personal. So I, I I tweet from there a lot. I tweet a lot about food justice work. I feel, and all, all, our, all our work in LA. I, tweet, I retweet a lot of our um, movement work and coalition work. Yeah, just thank you for coming on to the show to talk about food justice and the work you've been doing. Um, it's great to hear more examples of people from around the country and then hopefully, you know, around the world getting involved in in this type of work. Um, anyway, I think that it wraps up us today. Uh, you can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at Happen Here Pod and Cool Zone Media. Um, subscribe to the feed, leave a five-star review, whatever. Anyway, that's, that's, that's the show. Bye-bye, everybody. Say, say bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hello! Acclaim comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.